0: Okay, so this will be our last. Uh, but before we start there, that's where we're going to start at today. But before we start there, guys, I want to go back to the last the last session. If you remember, we were talking about the one of the things we were talking about with the was the yoke on the necks. Let me get my Bible.
1: Oh yeah, the
0: Right. Because what they'll do, they'll bring out these poster boards, they'll bring out these poster boards with pictures of, you know, you know a black slave with chains and yokes around their necks, and they'll, they'll read this verse in um, Deuteronomy 28:48. this is one of the curses. Let me read this. Therefore you shall serve your enemies, whom the Lord will send against you in hunger and thirst and nakedness and in lack of all things, he will put an iron yoke on your neck until he has destroyed you. So they'll bring out their poster boards and say, See who else? Who else is but our people have fulfilled this? Well we can see in Jeremiah chapter twenty-eight and twenty seven. We can see where that teaching is refuted. Jeremiah 28, I'm going to start out, I'm going to read verse 14. We're going to see where it's not just the Israelites that had yokes put on their necks. Deuteronomy 28, verse 14, or not Deuteronomy, Jeremiah twenty-eight, fourteen. For thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, I have put a yoke of iron on the neck of all these nations, that they may serve Nebuchadnezzar king of Babylon, and they will serve him, and also I will give him the beasts of the field. Now if you look over in chapter 27, just one chapter over, so it's going to be the same context, okay, in, verses, in chapter 27, verses 2 and 3, and verse 6, says this, thus says the Lord to me, make for yourself bonds and yokes and put them on your neck. And send word to king of Edom, to king of Moab, and to the king of the sons of Ammon, the king of Tyre, and to the king of Sidon by the messengers who come to Jerusalem, to Zedekiah, king of Judah. And then down in verse 6, I have given all these lands into the hand of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon. Now again, this is all in the same context. He's given all these lands into the hand of Nebuchadnezzar, including Edom. Now Joshua, they say the white man is the Edomites. Mm -hmm. Okay, So this text here is saying if you you go over to now 28.14, again, this this is all in the same context. All these nations, even Edom, I have put a yoke of iron on the neck of all these nations that they may serve Nebuchadnezzar, King of Babylon. What's the point here? They'll hold up the poster boards, right? Pictures of African slaves in yokes, and they claim this fulfills that, that curse in Deuteronomy 28, where you can see these are fulfilled, not not even just with the nation of Israel, but all these other nations were brought into subjection under Nebuchadnezzar, even Edom. So even those people who they they call Edomites were had had yokes around their necks. Anyway, Joshua, you have something? Yes, Genesis
1: 36, eight through 11 mm-hmm.
0: is,
1: Thus loved Esau, now sired Esau is.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. So
1: how did they get?
0: <laughs> well, that that was, we talked about that last time. <laughs> yeah, go back and listen how to I the.
1: Loved Esau, I had like right, 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 right. Mm-hmm. So. How do they get the, the blacks were Jacob were Esau's children? How do they
0: put no them the together? no the black the the blacks come from Jacob and the white man comes from Esau. You know why? Because Esau was hairy. Don't you see my hairy arms? Red. Is that what they?
1: That <laughs> oh yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> hey, but it's in the last. It's in the last. Oh one. <laughs> it's in the last one. That's
1: pretty.
0: Yeah, it's it's pretty silly. <laughs>
1: We're appreciating your your
0: exactly. Right. Your yeah. biblical yeah. mind is going what? Yeah. Exactly. But Yeah, that's in lesson. That's in lesson two. Same last week. And see, hey, and then and then and then they go to Romans nine. Esau, I love or Jacob I love Esau I hated see God hates the white man there you go that's their method of interpretation but anyway let's let's uh, pick it up guys we, again we don't have page numbers <laughs> but it's on it's on your second page on the back under biblical truth that's what we're going to pick up today okay and I have and I have a I have the scriptures on here so I, can, I don't have to be turning to them now. We can move fast through this. So the section that says biblical truth, God's people are a mixed multitude. Why is this important? Because they don't say that, right? Israel is the only people that are God's people in their mind. And so we're going to just look at some scriptures real quickly. Actually, it's on the page, first page here. So now this section here, I want to give uh, definitely want to give my source. This this came out of a book that Vocab Malone wrote. This little section we're looking at, pretty much word for word, I think. So Is, is the
1: name of the book on
0: here? No. It's uh but the name of the book, yeah. it's it's Obama <laughs> Barack Obama versus the Hebrew Israelites. Is it really? Yeah, that's and it's it's just a it's a it's a he he said he titled that to catch the eye, but there's a story when Barack Obama was younger, that he had, he had a dialogue with one West Hebrew Israelites up there in Harlem. And so, he, he really did have a conversation with them. So he he gave, that, he gave the title of the book just to kind of, as, a, as an eye-catcher, I guess you could say.
1: Bye,
0: bye. huh? Okay. Oh. alone. Okay, so, this first one here. Hebrew Israelites say that the law is only for them. Okay, but Scripture teaches that strangers had to keep the covenant law, including circumcision and Passover. So, for example, I'll be out there and I'll, I'll quote something from God's law and they say, The law is not for you, you Edomite. It's only for Israel. So, we're going to look at a few examples real quickly to just disprove this. Okay, Scripture teaches that strangers had to keep covenant law, including circumcision and Passover. So, these scriptures that you have referenced here, I'm going to read to them. I'm going to read, read them off of this handout. Exodus 20, verse 10. But the seven days, a Sabbath for the Lord your God, on it you shall not do any work, you or your son, or your daughter, or your male or female slave, or your cattle, or your resident who stays with you. Okay? Numbers 15:15. 15, 15. As for the assembly, there shall be one statute for you and for the stranger who resides among you. Guys, this is talking about strangers, sojourners. Um, There there should be one statute for you and the stranger who resides among you, a permanent statute throughout your generations. As as you are, so shall the stranger be before the Lord. This is to be one law and ordinance for you and for the stranger who resides. So God's law does apply to us. That's the point. It always has. You don't have to be from the nation of Israel. It's very simple, right? We go, of course. Um, Exodus twelve forty eight. But if a stranger resides with you and celebrates the Passover of the Lord, all of his males are to be circumcised. And then he shall come near to celebrate it, and he shall be like a native of the land. But no uncirc- uncircumcised male shall eat it. The same law shall apply to the native as to the stranger who resides among you. Guys, if you've heard these guys, On the streets, you you would understand how powerful these verses are. Okay, the law is the law wasn't just for Israel in the sense because they've literally told me that. (laughs) Why are you even talking about God's law? God's law does they've even told me you don't even have sin because you're not of Israel. I was like, but I'm I'm of Adam (laughs) because God's law. This book's not for you. Don't you know that? That's what they say. This book's not for you. Deuteronomy 31.12. We're just moving through these quickly, guys. Assemble the people, the men, the women, the children, and the stranger who is in your town, so that they may hear and learn and fear the Lord your God, and be careful to follow all the words of this law. And their children who have not known will hear and learn to fear the Lord your God as long as you live in the land which you're about to cross the Jordan to possess. So after you hear some of these things, if you ever get a chance to hear them, you'll know what I'm talking about. Okay? The second, number two, it says, Hebrew Israelites teach their people to hate non-Israelites. That's what they teach.
1: I've seen you get them with that.
0: Right. These. Yeah. Hebrew Israelites teach their people to hate non-Israelites, but in Scripture, Israel was commanded to love the stranger. So we're going to see this real quickly. Leviticus nineteen, thirty-three, thirty-four. 34 When a stranger resides with you in your land... This means a non-Israelite, okay? When a stranger resides with you in your land, you shall not do him wrong. That's not their teaching. (laughs) The stranger who resides with you shall be to you as a native among you, and you shall love him as yourself. For you are strangers in the land of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. Deuteronomy 10.17 For the Lord your God is a God of gods and a Lord of lords, the great, the mighty, the awesome God, who does not show partiality, or take a bribe. He executes justice for the orphan and the widow and shows his love for the stranger by giving him food and clothing. Show your love for the stranger, for you were strangers in the land of Egypt. Now, you ready for this one? Deuteronomy 23, 7. You shall not loathe an Edomite, for he is your brother. No joke, guys. I brought that verse out. Deuteronomy 23, 7. You shall not loathe or hate. You shall not. Low than Edomite, and oh, here's your brother. I brought that out on the street. You know what they said? No, so that's a scribal error, is what that is. That's what they said. How convenient. Yes, how convenient. Exactly. Trish was, I think you were there the day. I think you were there. I see, I've
1: seen, I've seen videos of you bring that up, and they were like, don't say nothing. Yeah, don't say don't nothing. Say nothing.
0: <laughs> I was like, what? Yeah, I was like, because I, I told them, I said, guys, if I'm an Edomite, you're supposed to love me. Oh, man, they start cussing, and no, no, no. So, so I quote that verse. No, that's a scribal error. I, I, I probably use those exact words, Joshua. How convenient. <laughs>
1: like the angels took the gold thing plates back to heaven Yeah, oh, exactly. Alright,
0: yeah. right, moving on, guys. This is what the Lord says. Do justice and righteousness. This is uh, Jeremiah 22.3. This is what the Lord says. Do justice and righteousness and save one who has been robbed from the power of his oppressor. And do not mistreat, mistreat or do violence to the stranger. Orphan or widow. Do you see how much their religion contradicts Scripture? I mean, it's just, it's just, it's. Isaiah 56 3. This, this is under number 3 on your handout. Hebrew Israelites teach that they alone are God's people. But in Scripture, non Israelites could become part of God's people. This is really tied into the point number one, you know, as far as if they were circumcised, they could come into the nation of Israel. So, Isaiah 53. Or 56, verse 3 and 6 and 7. "...let not the foreigner who has joined himself to the Lord say, the Lord will certainly separate me from his people. Nor let the eunuch say, behold, I am a dry tree. Also the foreigners who join themselves to the Lord to attend his service and love the name of the Lord to be his servants. Everyone who keeps the Sabbath so as not to profane it and holds firmly to my covenant." even those I will bring to my holy mountain, and make them joyful in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and their sacrifices will be acceptable on my altar. For my house will be called a house of prayer for all the peoples. And then Ezekiel 47, verses 22 and 23, You shall divide it by lot for an inheritance among yourselves and among the strangers who stay in your midst, who bring forth sons in your midst, and they shall be to you as the native born among the sons of Israel." They shall be to you as the native born among the sons of Israel. They sh- huh? Because
1: they've been talking about dividing the land there
0: mm-hmm. between them. Yeah. That's a big deal. They shall be allotted an inheritance with you among the tribes of Israel. And in the mm-hmm. tribe with which the stranger resides, there you shall give him his inheritance, declares the Lord.
1: Just a picture of the- church really yeah yeah yeah
0: and so guys the definition of a sojourner is a newcomer lacking inherited rights foreigners in israel so that's what all this language is bring in the stranger bring in the sojourner and they say just the opposite they say just the opposite so flip over now yeah they're, they're modern day pharisees in many ways so turn over number 4 here guys. Now these are a lot of scriptures, so I'm not going to read all these. I'll read a few of them maybe. Hebrew Israelites teach that non-Israelites can't be a part of Israel. It is only, this is what they teach. It is only by birth on the father's side that one is an Israelite. Right Shiloh? That's what they say. What 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 tribe are you from? Who is your father? What's your What's your yeah? What's your nationality? But it has to come from the father side, according to them. <laughs> but in the, it says, but in the scriptures there are multiple examples of non-Israelites being part of Israel, and worshiping the God of Israel. For example, I don't think I'm going to read any of these guys. These you can go, you can go reference these, just because I want to have time and uh, just discussion at the end if we need to. But these are all examples of non-Israelites, guys. Caleb, the is Kenes- Kenazite. you know Caleb? The one, Joshua and Caleb. He was not an Israelite. He was a Gentile. He was a Kenazite. You can see that.
1: Huh? Joshua,
0: Caleb wasn't an Israelite. Mm-mm. Kenazite. You can see that in Numbers 32, Joshua 14. Hey, but get this. Also, if you want to jot this verse down beside it. In 1 Chronicles 1, 51-53, Kenaz, a guy named by the name of Kenaz, which... Could have been the, the 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 leader of this Kenizzite group. He was one of the chiefs of Edom. So Caleb <laughs> Caleb could have actually been connected to Edom as well.
1: you What Caleb, or about, uh, you can
0: ask them that. Now that doesn't mean they're gonna—they're not gonna right. say, "Oh yeah, we're wrong."
1: First,
0: First Chronicles one fifty-one through fifty-three. Yeah, and you guys go back and read these later.
1: Yeah, but we gotta write it down, right? Yep.
0: <laughs> so the second one on the list is Uriah the Hittite. You remember him, guys? He was the one who David had. David had, you know, was Bathsheba's husband. But the point is, he was one of David's mighty men. Okay, Nahum the Syrian. He came to Elisha. Or Naaman, I'm sorry. Naaman the Syrian. I think he was the one that, that Elisha said, uh, go dip in, yeah, dip in the Jordan. And so he came to Elisha for healing, and then he became a worshiper of Yahweh. So that's referenced in Luke as well. Jesus references him in Luke. Edib Melech the Ethiopian. Right? Obviously, again, not an Israelite by birth. In Jeremiah 38.7, you can also write Jeremiah 39.15-18. The Lord spared him in judgment because of his trust in Yahweh. So you can just kind of go read these. Sometimes you got to read a little bit and get the context here. But he's just making the simple point that these are all examples of individuals who are not an Israelite by birth. But they were worshiping the God of Israel. Um, That's crazy. Ruth, the Moabite, you you know about Ruth, right? That she was obviously obviously from Moab, who they say Moab are the uh, Asians. <laughs> uh, but Ruth was not an Israelite. But if you remember her story, her 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 uh, mother-in-law Naomi, and through that whole story, she was. Uh, Boaz was her redeemed her and 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 through that Bo, Boaz was the so Boaz and Ruth I think they were the either the were they they were the either the grandfather or great grandparents of David but what do we see that through Ruth a moabitus she 's now you can go look in matthew one five she 's part of the genealogy of Jesus Christ mm-hmm. through her loins came the messiah. The uh, Canaanite widow from Zarephath, in First Kings seventeen eight through sixteen, Jesus references her in Luke four twenty six as being the the Lord was merciful to this Gentile woman. Is what you see. Rahab of Jericho. You can see her in James two twenty five. You know she hid the spies. And. Again, she's part of the genealogy of Jesus in Matthew 1.5. She's in the hall of faith in Hebrews chapter 11. This, this Rahab, this prostitute, Jericho. Matter of fact, guys, Hebrews 11, Rahab is an example of her works demonstrating her faith. Oh, yes. Accepted by God. Not an Israelite. They're all throughout Scripture. These are just a few examples. Some examples in the New Testament. Luke, the book we're going through now, did you know Luke was not an Israelite? Luke was a Gentile. Isn't that amazing? He wrote Luke and he wrote Acts. He was a you could call him a medical missionary. He was a doctor. He travelled with Paul much of his journeys. Obviously a worshiper of the Lord. So Luke, Luke was not an Israelite. The Samaritan woman in John 4. You guys remember the Samaritan woman, right? Mm, yeah. Did the Jews love the Samaritans? No. Oh, they hated them. I don't remember how many miles they would have to travel to go out of the way to not go through Samaria. I think it was, for how
1: long it took to travel, I think it was like a two-day journey
0: out of the way. Two-day journey. <laughs> That's how much they despised the Samaritans. So I remember it was one of the times I was on the streets, one of the early, early times I was, and I was, and I was just thinking, you know, it's going 100 miles an hour out there, and you're preaching to these guys, and I'm just thinking of examples off the top of my head, and I was like, there's plenty of examples of non-Israelites being saved, and it's like, name one. <laughs> so, so I read them this. All right, let's go to John four. Of course, they let you stay there for about a minute, and then they're trying to. I, I just remember the crowd going. And they would do this, I don't remember if it was necessarily with this text, but they would say, "They would say, read such and such talking to me. So I would go there, and I was like, I'm going to read it. I'm going to read it in context. Provoke you. And so I'd, I'd try to start reading it, explaining it, and then they would switch to something else. And I remember several times the crowd would be going, let him read it! Because <laughs> that's what they would do. They'd go read this, and I was like, okay, I'll read it. they they, they say, go to Romans 9. I said, let's go to Romans 9. Let's read it. <laughs>
1: So they
0: wouldn't have accepted Timothy either because his father was Greek. Right, right. Yeah, I think I even brought that up. I think. But yeah. Probably. Yeah, yeah, Timothy's father was Greek. That's exactly right. But, but for, for example, yeah, the Samaritan woman, obviously, um, you know, Jesus redeemed her. said <laughs> so she went... She went back to her where she lived and told everybody about the Messiah. Uh, the Gentiles, uh, Gentiles are called people of God. And matter of fact, I'm going to read this Acts 15. It's a big enough section here. Let me find this real quick, guys. Acts 15. This is the Jerusalem Council. This would have been the Jerusalem Council, which which when we get done with Luke, we're going to do. We're going to look at Acts. But this is the first church council. Uh, Where's it at? Huh? Where is it at? 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 I got this handout. All right here it is. So Acts 15, 14 through 20. Simeon has described how God first concerned himself about taking a people for, himself, for his name from among the Gentiles. The words of the prophets agree with this, just as it is written. After these things, I will return. He's quoting the Old Testament here. I think it's maybe Hosea. I don't have it in front of me. After these things, I will return and I will rebuild the fallen tabernacle of David and I will rebuild its ruins and I will restore it so that the rest of mankind may seek the Lord. And all the Gentiles who are called by My name, says the Lord who makes these things known from long ago. Therefore, it is My judgment that we do not cause trouble... for those from the Gentiles who are turning to God, but that we write to them that they abstain from things contaminated by idols, from acts of sexual immorality, from what has been strangled, and from blood. He's just making the simple point that these Gentiles are now turning in faith, just like we did. He says the Holy Spirit's been poured out on them just like it was us. These Gentile people, non-Israelites. Cornelius in Acts 10. You can read about him. The whole chapter's about him and Peter. So uh, uh, an angel appeared to Cornelius, obviously who's not an Israelite, in a vision to, to send men to get Peter. Peter came and preached the Gospel. He was born again. Again, non-Israelite. Roman, the Roman centurion at the cross, right? What did he say? Oh, surely this is the Son of God. And then if you think about guys, just all the letters, all the epistles that we have, they're written to primarily these Gentile churches. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. So are they Christians? Do they claim Christianity or are they? These Hebrew Israelites? Yeah. No. Okay.
0: No, no. No. They're not they're not Christian. They don't claim to be.
1: I mean so they would they would <sighs> put themselves in the category of regular Jews. Mm-hmm. Yeah, true
0: Jews. Yeah, true Jews. Right. yeah, and we talked about last time. Hey, the Jews. yeah, they're not the true Jews. They're the synagogue of Satan. So
1: these guys <laughs> in the southeast Oklahoma City are. Oh yeah. yeah. Okay, those yeah. Are. Oh yeah.
0: They're the tribe of Judah. Right. <laughs> Josh is going. <laughs> yeah, I know Josh. Yeah. Again, again. Hey, we we address those. So go back and listen to them when we get them loaded up in sermon audio. <laughs> Because the thing about it, brother, and we'll get to that kind of at the end of this, there's a reason why we're doing this, guys. It's not just for laughs. Right. Yeah. But this thing is growing. And these people are going to hell. Yeah. And there's a reason why these people get sucked into it. We'll talk about it at the end.
1: I watch these videos of, you know, people going up there, don't know what's happening, and then they, oh, yeah. they end up agreeing with them. I remember one time, Brady, I was opening up routine, and mm-hmm. this, this African-American kid, probably my age, mm-hmm. He was, you know, he was asking me what I taught, and then he was asking them what they taught, and they were right next to me. Mm-hmm. He's like, I, I want to hear what you have to say. Mm-hmm. So I told him, and then he asked, and then the Hebrew Israelites got their turn, mm-hmm. and he ended up agreeing with the Hebrew Israelites.
0: Yeah. And, mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Okay, let's see here. Um, now, this is real important, guys. The next thing on your, on, your, on your list here. This is real important. How do they get around this? <laughs> they get around this. How, it's, it's another, how convenient. They say that the word Gentiles, okay, when it fits their purpose, right? So when the Scripture speaks negatively about a Gentile, then a Gentile is a Gentile, right? Mm-hmm. But when it speaks positively about a Gentile, they say that the word Gentiles, when it fits their purpose refers to, they'll, they'll actually say, no, right there where it says Gentile, that actually means Israelite.
1: <laughs> How do you win with somebody like this?
0: No. No. I don't like that. I think all right. What you right do, Josh, here. you preach the Word to them and trust yeah. that the Holy Spirit with the power of the Word will convict them and save them. Yeah. So they say that the word Gentiles, when it fits their purpose, re- refers to Jews or Israelites that were dispersed to these different nations. So obviously, Jews have been dispersed all over the world. Through captivity, other reasons as well. So you have Jews dispersed in all these different nations, and so they say when, when somebody saved it calls them a Gentile, they're really an Israelite, but, but they're just in a Gentile state of mind. That's what they say. okay? And, and again, they just bend the rules and however, guys, this is important to remember the scripture already has a word for that. It's called a Hellenistic Jew. That's, it's a, you can read in, in, in six one. In Acts six one, it talks about the the Hellenistic Jews. We're in discussion with the Hebrew Jews, and, and, and a Hellenistic Jew, for example, was a Jew that had been dispersed in one of these other countries. This, in this case, you know, they they were, they were in these Greek cultures, and so they had a they to use their phrase, they had a Greek state of mind. In other words, Gentile state of mind. So the point is, you don't get to define terms. A Gentile is a non-Jew.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That's what the whole point of it is. It's, 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 it's Jews and then the other nations. The other nations. Real simple. But that's what they'll do. So what's the point of all this, guys? The point is, in the book of Revelation, what does it say in Revelation 7 9? After these things I looked, and behold, a great multitude, which no one could count, from every nation, and all the tribes, peoples, and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes, palm branches were in their hands. Right? This is in heaven. Yes. People from every nation and all tribes. You know what they say? Well, those are just Israelites in those nations. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but that's not what it means. It means, it means people groups. And then Revelation 5 9, they sang a new song saying, Worthy are you to take the scroll and break its seals. And don't think I even, I, I didn't quote every one of these verses to them. Mm-hmm. And so what you're doing, let me, let me stop there for just a second, guys. What you're doing when you're dealing with a cult like this, or or Jehovah's Witness, or Mormons, kind of to your question, Joshua. Yeah. There's a guy, he, he's, he's dead now. I don't remember when he died, but he was, he's kind of the pioneer of dealing with the cults. Um,. Um, my mind just went blank. It's a guy's name. Um, good. good. The show Cultus talks about him a lot. Who is the guy? He. uh, Oh my goodness, Walter Martin. Walter Walter Martin. Yeah, he was like the pioneer of dealing with all these cults. Now he didn't deal with these guys, but like the Jehovah's Witness. Okay, he said he used a phrase, guys, and this is what we're doing. When, When you speak truth, really, to anybody. You, it's like putting a, you're putting a rock in their shoe. You ever had a rock in your shoe? And you walk along and finally you just you got to take the shoe off. Get the rock out. He pictured that. When you're dealing with... Here's an example. Walter Martin, he said he went to the, to the Watchtower uh, headquarters in New York years ago. And he talked to the guy at the front desk. He went there to witness. And he couldn't get past the guy at the front desk. He said it was a heated discussion. But Walter Martin shared the Gospel with him, shared a bunch of truth with him. From, from the visual eye, it didn't go good that day. He said years later, he was doing a conference somewhere at a church, and he sang, And afterwards they were having Q&As, and the guy stood up and asked a question. He, and he said he looked kind of familiar, and he said, do you remember me, Brother Martin? <laughs> he said, I was at the desk at the Jehovah's Witness headquarters when you came up. All those many years ago, And that conversation we had, it drove me crazy. And eventually, years later, I came to Christ. So Walter Martin said, it's like putting a rock in their shoe. Just because you don't see anything happening at the time. So, like with a lot of these verses, I would share a lot of these things with the Hebrew Israelites, and it's like putting a rock in their shoe. Right? Planting a seed. Same thing. So that's what you do. What do you do with them? You share the truth in hopes that the Holy Spirit will use that rock in their shoe to irritate them to where they'll flee those teachings. So Revelation five nine, they sing a new song, saying, "Worthy are you to take the scroll and break its seals, for you were slaughtered, and you purchased a people for God with your blood from every tribe, language, people, and nation." This is not not Israelites who are scattered. <laughs> no, people groups. That's who's going to be in heaven. Okay, so uh, so that's just. Uh, Obviously, there's much more in the Scriptures that back up everything we're looking at. So what about salvation, guys? Really, to close this thing out, uh, what about salvation in their system? Of course, salvation to them doesn't mean the same thing as it means to us. They don't believe in a literal hell. Back to our message, you know. So, it's, Yeah, <laughs> convenient. So, so it's what, but, it, but when they use the words of like being saved and salvation... They believe they are saved by law-keeping. And here's just a few. I've got them, You've got them on your sheet here. Observing dietary laws, right? So they say, I bet you eat pork. You eat a mite. Yes, I do.
1: <laughs>
0: I said, you can come over and have some. We just slaughtered two hogs. <laughs> True story. <laughs> but yeah, Jesus declared all foods clean. Um, keeping the Sabbath. They're big about keeping the Sabbath. You know, your typical... Works righteousness based. But you'll hear him talk about two things a lot. Having beards yeah. and wearing fringes. That's so,
1: not good.
0: Because <laughs> actually, actually, he's a hebrew Israelite in their system. Because it's not just blacks, it's Native Americans and Hispanics.
1: American?
0: It's, really, it's really any of these groups that were oppressed.
1: But he can't because he can't
0: grow a beard. I think I think they give you if you if you just can't. But if you can and you don't, <laughs> oh. if you can if you can and you don't, you're not literally, literally. They'll remember the guy we talked to the one night at clubs. The Hebrews is yeah. It's all about keeping beards and wearing fringes. But they got nothing wrong with being drunk, drunkenness and immorality. Was so he, he thought
1: being drunk was being a drunkard was like constant.
0: Yeah, like, I guess like 24 hours a day. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah,
1: he said that because he gets drunk. He said he drunk gets drunk hours yeah. but
0: here's here's where they get these yeah. Levit- Leviticus 19:27. You shall round off the hairline of your heads, nor or you shall not round off the hairline of your heads, nor trim the edges of your beard. So you're hear you'll hear them saying, "You keeping the law?" And of course they're talking to each other. No, I mean, they could care less if I have a beard because I'm an Edomite. I can't <laughs> I can't be saved anyway. Part of their doctrine, part of their doctrine, brother. And this is—it's not even—it's not even an insult. It's literally oh, right. they believe it that the white man is the devil. Oh, yeah. So, like when the devil's spoken of in the scripture, it's referring to the white man. So, but anyway, that's where they. And then Deuteronomy twenty-two twelve: You shall make for yourself tassels on the four corners of your garment, or fringes, with which you cover yourself. You know. And if you go back and read that, when God commanded the Israelites on these fringes to wear the fringes, it was to remind them to keep the law, to, to keep the commandments. That was the whole But anyway, they boast so most of the time when they're boasting they keep the law, it's it's these having their beards, wearing their fringes, eating certain foods or avoiding certain foods. They boast that they keep the law, but they only keep what is convenient to them. And then flip over on the back page you guys. So no. Oh yeah, absolutely. That's why hey, that's why this group that's why this group is growing exponentially since all the BLM stuff, it just fuels it. And, and we'll talk about towards the end of why, what's appealing to this. And we may have talked about it at the beginning. But, but in reality, guys, they talk about law keeping, but in reality, according to their system, only by these two things can a person be saved. Because it's really not even salvation by law keeping, it's salvation by nationality. It's just who your dad is. That's all it is. Lineage of the father. They They say. No, they didn't. They say all. Listen, he, he told me this when I met with Hezekiah for two hours, and I've heard others say it too. Now, now, granted, guys, there's many, many different camps. So these are just general things that most of them believe. You know, they they can disagree on little things here and there with each other. But I've heard multiple, one West Hebrew Israelites say that all Israelites will be saved. And so I told them, I asked them one time out in front of them all, where's Judas right now? They got, you could hear crickets. Yep. I said, he's called the son of perdition.
1: <laughs> they don't even believe in Jesus. Right. It's like. Right. Sorry.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, exactly. Hey, yeah, brother. Hey. Brother, just imagine when you're you have twelve in front of them, twelve or ten, ten or twelve or fifteen in front of you, hollering at you. Yeah, because these things are so obvious when we're sitting here together. Yeah. Uh, but but what what the point is is they really when you get down to it, doesn't matter if you keep the law. They're saved because of who their dad is, who their father is. You're going to be okay in the end, according to their system. Now, how can we respond, guys? Again. You can get your handouts, go listen to the first two messages if you want to take further notes, you know, jot some stuff down if you ever, because we're going to be running into more and more of these people, guys, not just on the streets, but you, you may have, you may work with one or, and it's, so it's just good to have a general, but I will say, and that's kind of to my point here, really all you need to refute these guys is the gospel, all the gospel, Galatians, <laughs> and uh i got to tell Joshua this since he wasn't here. So, brother, I met with their leader of a group here in Oklahoma City a few years ago. We we, we discussed for two hours. We, we had a discussion. It was supposed to be just how a man is justified. I said, I'll meet you, but we're going to talk about how a man is saved. Anyway, he didn't hold up his end, so he just wanted to argue about everything. So I was, kept turning to Galatians and Paul's epistles. And so finally, this is the point it got to. He said, that, That's all you Christians do is turn to Galatians or Paul's writings. I was like, Okay, it's the Word of God, isn't it? And he got quiet. He wouldn't answer. I said, It's the Word of God, isn't it? He goes, No, it's not the Scriptures. But then they'll turn around and quote Paul when it's convenient for them. So that's, that's what you're dealing with. But you know what you do? You continue to quote the Word of God because it's the power of God unto salvation. So here, here's some ways we can respond, guys. This is the part Shiloh was talking about. I did this multiple times because it just like, it's like they just I kept hearing how they hate me, they hate me, they hate me, but they keep the law. So that's you know we hate the white man, we hate the white man. So I would say, do you love me? No, we don't love you. And I was like, then you don't keep the law, right? What did Jesus say? Love your enemies. Let's let's look at Matthew 5:30. I've got that reference on here. And so the next time I did it. The next time I did it, that's when they were. I was like, "Do you love me?" And they were going, "Shh, shh, shh." He's trying. To, he's trying to trick us. And actually, that's, I don't.
1: That's literally what they. You watch the video. That's literally what they're like. I'm trying to trick us. You can hear that in the background.
0: You know. You know what? And I wasn't. You know. You know what I was doing? I mean, I didn't really think about it till afterwards. You remember how Jesus? He would. He would answer the Pharisees by asking them a question, mm-hmm. to try to to try to trap them. That's all I was doing. Not unless you're trying to trick them, but just trap them. It's like. You don't love me, and so you break the law. Anyway, but yeah. Matthew 5, 43 and 44, you have heard that it was said, You shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. Now this is you've heard that it was said. Uh, again, God's law never said hate our enemy. This is if you've heard that it was said by these traditions. But Jesus says, But I say to you, obviously because he has all authority, he is God, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. And then take them through the moral law. They would always talk about keeping the law. Here's a question they never answered. Multiple groups. I've asked multiple Hebrew Israelites this. You ever lusted after a woman? They dodge that. They never even come back and say, they never even say, yeah, who hasn't? <laughs> they never would answer. So I just keep asking them. Keep asking them. Because that's the law of God that's right. The moral law of God that we're all accountable to. I take them to the moral law. Um, Galatians is a great book, uh, particularly Galatians chapter 3. Turn to Galatians chapter 3, guys. It's amazing. I try to move quick. and it, I mean, we're, we're finishing, but it's just...
1: Uh,
0: Galatians chapter 3. Listen to this, guys. Um, I don't think I need to read the whole thing. Yeah, Ver, basically verse 6 through 14. Um yeah. Even so Even so Abraham believed God and it was reckoned to him as righteousness. Therefore be sure that it is those who are of faith who are the sons of Abraham, right? They they say they're no, Abraham's our father, just like the Pharisees. The scripture foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith <laughs> Preach the gospel beforehand to Abraham, saying, All the nations will be blessed in you. So then those who are of faith are blessed with Abraham, the believer. For as many, are as, for as, many as are of the works of the law are under a curse. That's everybody under in Adam, right? We're under the law. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who does not abide by all things written in the book of law to perform them. So if you have not obeyed the law of God perfectly, you're cursed. And not just with a temporal curse, but with an eternal curse. Now, uh, uh, Cursed is everyone who does not, ab- not abide by all things written in the book of law to perform them. Verse 11. Now that no one is justified by the law before God is evident. For the righteous man shall live by faith. However, the law is not of faith. On the contrary, he who practices them shall live by them. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. In order that in Christ Jesus, the blessing of Abraham might come To the Gentiles, Mm -hmm. so that we would receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. This is obvious to us, right? Mm -hmm. Obvious to us, but it contradicts their whole teaching. And then Philippians. Philippians is a good one that I'd read to them. I would read this section to them Philippians chapter 3, verses 1 through 9. Now, think about some of the teachings that we went through, how they boast in their their being an Israelite, right? It's all about being an Israelite. An Israelite. An Israelite. Remember what we've talked about, guys? When we look at the Scriptures, really from Genesis to Revelation, the whole Bible is about one person, Jesus Christ, right? The promise that He would come. The fulfillment. He came. He redeemed us. You know, He's going to come back. All these things. It's all about Christ. They say it's all about being an Israelite. Well, let's read what Paul says in Philippians three, one through nine. Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord to write the same things again is no trouble to me, and it is a safeguard for you. Beware of the dogs, beware of the evil workers, beware of the false circumcision. He's talking about he's talking about the the unredeemed religious hypocrites, mm-hmm. the Jewish leaders. For we are the true circumcision. He's writing to Philippians. (laughs) These are Gentiles primarily. For we are the true circumcision who worship in the Spirit of God and glory in Christ Jesus and what? Put no confidence in the flesh. Their whole religion is about flesh. Although I myself might have confidence even in the flesh, if anyone else has a mind to put confidence in the flesh, I far more. Now, in case we don't, we're unsure exactly what he's talking about. He spells it out: mm-hmm. circumcised the eighth day of the nation of Israel, mm-hmm. of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews. This was this was in the scriptures just for these guys. <laughs> As to the law, a Pharisee. As to zeal, a persecutor of the church. As to the righteousness which was in the law found blameless. But then he goes, but whatever things were gained to me, you know, all these things, being an Israelite, being circumcised, but but whatever things were gained to me, those things I have counted as loss for the sake of Christ. More than that, I count all things to be lost in view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and count them but rubbish. Paul says all the stuff about me being an Israelite is a pile of manure compared to knowing Christ, and that I may be found in Him, not having a righteousness of my own derived from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which comes from God on the basis of faith. Every sentence in that section refutes their teaching. And that's why it says, that's all you can do is turn to Paul. Yeah. (laughs) And so they reject the Trinity and the deity of Christ on your your outline here, like most cults do. But verses like John 8.58, that's where Jesus tells the Pharisees before Abraham was, I am. And then in John 10, 31-33, that's where Jesus, again, discussion with the Jewish leaders, and He said, for what good work... It says they picked up stones to stone Him. He said, for what good work do you do this? Are you going to stone Me? He said, and they said, not, not for any good work, but because you claim to be God. And, so, and then Jesus in John 8, 24, He said, if you do not believe that I am He, you will die in your sins. Mm-hmm. So you have to explain that to them. Again, how how do we respond? These are some of the scriptures you can respond with. Obviously, the gospel, the law, Galatians, Philippians, verses on the deity of Christ. John eight twenty four. He said, "If you don't believe that I am," that's what he said. The the word he wasn't even in the ori- or wasn't in the original. The the English translations added that. He, he said, "If you do not believe that I am, you're going to die in your sins." So that's where I would spend a lot of time preaching the deity of Christ, and then call them to repent, right? Turn from your false gospel. Remember guys, when you're dealing with somebody who's in a false system, explain to them, because they'll use the word repent. We've got to repent. But explain to them, repentance means to also turn from that which is false. It's agreeing with God. You have a change of mind. You can't save yourself. Mm-hmm. You're law keeping. You need to repent and turn away from this whole system. And so Ephesians 2.8.9, By grace we have been saved through faith, that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not a result of works. All these verses, justification by faith. Galatians 2.16, Knowing that a person is not justified or, by the works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ. Titus 3.5, um, He saved us not because of good works done by us in righteousness, but according to His mercy. These are all Scriptures you can share with them. And then, turn to Acts 26, guys. This is really, this is really a uh, kind of a nail in the coffin. Obviously, if they could just be honest, be consistent. So you remember their whole view on Edomites, and I've literally had them tell me, "Edomites, you cannot be saved." That's what they told me multiple times. Edomites can't be saved. There's no hope for you. Right. And so part of their, part of their, you guys remember part of their eschatology. In the end, remember, heaven for them, hell for us is going to be. There's going to be a literal kingdom, and we're going to be their slaves. We're going to be in chains. They said the roles are going to be reversed. You're going to be in chains, white man, and we're going to serve them. They're going to be that's, So that's. So this is real important to remember. This turn to Acts 26, 27 through 29. Really, as we finish this thing, the context here is Paul is standing before King Agrippa, right? Guys, King Agrippa was an Edomite. He was a real Edomite. The Herods were Edomites. You can go back and see it. They are true Edomites. Yes. King Agrippa was an Edomite. That's you. Edu- from Edomia. And this is Paul before King Agrippa. Verse 27. King Agrippa, do you believe the prophets? I know that you do. Agrippa replied to Paul, in a short time you will persuade me to become a Christian? Listen to what Paul says. This destroys their whole system. And Paul said, I would wish to God that whether in a short time not only you, King Agrippa, you Edomite, but also all who hear me this day might become such as I am, right, a Christian, except these chains. Listen to what Paul's doing. He's doing exactly the opposite of the Hebrew Israelites. The Hebrew Israelites say, Edomites, there's no hope to be saved and you're going to be in chains. Paul says to King Agrippa, who's a real Edomite, he says, I want you to be saved. I want you to be just like I am now except not be in these chains. You see how that just... I've heard Vocab Malone bring that teaching out in front of them guys and it was crickets. To the point where the national leaders in different camps would instruct their people do not have a discussion with vocab alone because he keeps bringing out the truth. Guys, that verse right there, that destroys their whole system, shows that nothing they do is apostolic. Paul's sitting here saying, yes, yes, King, I desire you and everybody here to be a Christian like me and be just like I am except not have these chains. And these, these, this Antichrist teaching is teaching just the opposite. There's no hope for you because your nationality and you're gonna be in chains. My servant. So that's it's beautiful. So to close to close, guys, what is attractive about this? This is just questions that we'll ask as we close. What is attractive about this? Why would people be drawn to such a hateful group? That's kind of the question we ask, right? Because it's growing. It's growing. And guys, and I'll say this if we were a black congregation. We would be needing to deal with this even more because they go to the black churches. Sometimes they'll wait outside, sometimes they'll go in and they and they pull disciples away.
1: Wasn't there a lawsuit here in the city? They were like going to two different churches. Yeah. In city. yeah.
0: Like... The, the IUIC does that, yeah. the guys in the purple.
1: They go outside the churches and like. They do
0: it every Easter too. Every Easter. They do it every Easter. But it's still, we still need to know. We're, we're Christians. We need to know. Just have an idea of what because it's going to become more common. And so, victimization is the first one. White man is the problem. So imagine being unregenerate, right? You're not saved. You still have a heart of stone. You hate Christ. You hate God. You love sin. Imagine being unregenerate and angry. And then you're, and then you're confronted with this, right? You're, you're a young, let's say, African-American, walking down the street, and you see these guys with a Bible... Right, and they—I mean—they're spouting off scripture that seems like they know God's word, and they tell you that they—you know—they get in a conversation with you. Hey, what nationality are you? Who's your father? You know, and then they say, "Oh, your father's such as that." That means you're an Israelite. You've been lied to, so-called African American, but you're actually you're an Israelite, and so you're special to God. And then they start bringing out all these teachings from somebody who's. Unregenerate has no understanding of the things of God. It sounds good.
1: They build their pride really fast. Mm-hmm.
0: And, and so, yeah. So, you mean I can hate the white man, mm-hmm. and because God hates the white man, and so you see how that would appeal to their flesh. Yeah. That's one way. Also, guys, many I've heard vocab Malone say that his dealings with the Hebrew Israelites. That almost 100% of them grew up in some kind of, some kind of, church environment, Christian home, but were part of just horrible churches. Probably a lot of them, uh, prosperity gospel churches, and so they even know that that the that that these churches they grew up in were were uh, hypocritical, were weak, you could say. So they grow up unregenerate, but come out of what you would call maybe church homes, sometimes Christian homes, and so many. On your, on your handout here, many, many come out of false churches in which they see heresy, homosexuality, and lawlessness. But in Hebrew Israelism, they see these strong masculine men who teach the Bible. And so it appeals to their spirituality. Man, these guys are men of God. And they're strong. So it, it gets them sucked in. Another one, fatherlessness in, the, in, the, in their lives and communities. I mean, we know the fatherlessness rate Especially within a black community. Well,
1: right. but I mean, they—how do they? We're, we're talking about, they're talking about—they're talking about their ethnicity when they say fathers. When they yeah. are mm-hmm. fathers, that's what they're talking about. Is black people, right? Generally, okay.
0: yeah. But you're, but, but you're saying they don't know who their fathers were. Well, no, I'm just—I'm just saying somebody who, what, right? Yeah. But but just growing up without a father figure. Right, right. And so it gets them, and so it's like. They, they see these strong male leaders. It's kind of like a gang, really. Yeah. of like a gang. Acceptance. Appeal, that, that would appeal to their emotions. And then Hebrew Israelism offers community with many of these, these guys. They hang out almost every day. And I've heard this, that, that a lot of these groups have Bible study like five times a week. And so this this would appeal to their sense of belonging. And so... In closing, guys, why should we take the time to know about Hebrew Israelism and witness to those who caught up in it? <laughs> really gets back to our message today. Because souls are at stake. They're lost, guys. They're lost. They're going to hell. They die. And, I've, and, and, and guys, through different guys that I listen to, there have been many come out of this cult and saved now serving the Lord. And I have seen fruit. I've told you about the guy that I saw that I'd preached to was part of the group. He 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 listened to me one day. He was very humble and listening. And I didn't see him back with him. so I don't know what happened to him. But he, I think he wasn't with their group anymore. So they, right? The the gospel powerful to save these men just like any other. group. Yeah. That's the point. So that's why we want to. That's why we want to know. And Charlie, you said you had a question. I didn't ask you it, then. I. I said, okay. Well, that guys will close. So if you, uh, you know, if you just go back and listen to the other. Messages when we get them up. If you need need help, you got your kind of like your outline to go by. You can fill in notes. Um, It's going to just become more prevalent, guys. And to sum it all up, know the gospel, right? Know the gospel. Have a love for souls, and um, you know, be heavy on the Book of Galatians. I would say more than anything. That can really deal with all the cults. But um, any questions before we close in prayer? So that was a, just a brief overview of Hebrew Israelism. Let's pray. Father, we thank You, Lord, for Your grace. Thank You for Your love, Your mercy, Your kindness, God. We thank You, God, that, that God, because we cannot keep Your law, that You sent Your Son who kept it in our place and who bore the curse of the law, of what we deserve for breaking the law, He bore that curse in His body on the tree, redeeming us from the curse of the of the law, Father. So, Father, our hope is in Christ, not in ourselves. Our hope is not in our nationality, not in our law-keeping, but in Christ. Lord, thank You so much for Jesus. God, thank You for these dear saints here today. Lord, I pray that we would be just intentional, Lord, about uh, just about knowing Your Word, God. We love You and praise You. In Jesus' name, Amen.